on episode 518 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Tara Garrison and discuss her book, Short-Term Keto, a four-week plan to find your unique carb threshold. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 518. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness. The 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. I'm your host, Alan Meisner. I'm an NSAM certified personal trainer with a specialization in corrective exercise and fitness nutrition. Let me be your coach as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is brought to you by Pushers. If you've listened to the podcast long, I'm sure you know that you can get a great strength workout done just using your body weight. But that often includes movements like the push-up, the full plank, and various yoga poses that put too much stress on your wrists. Ouch! Pushers solves that problem. The ergonomic design of pushers aligns the wrist by lifting the area where the wrist meets the hand and stabilizes an open hand position, creating a straighter line between the bones in the forearm, wrist, and hand. There's a comfortable spring-like top surface to absorb shock and deliver feedback to the hands during movement. The shape and the non-slip bottom make pushers a great alternative to yoga blocks. And they stack so they can be packed away in your carry-on bag when you're traveling and using body weight work to get your strength training done in your hotel room. I've found I like them for mountain climbers. The non-slip bottom keeps me solid, and the slight elevation puts me in a really nice position, and because I'm not putting stress on my wrists, I can go longer, which makes it quite a great workout. I'm looking forward to trying them on other movements that have my hands on the ground supporting my body weight. Check them out at pushers.com and use the promo code 40 plus to get 20% off your order. That's P-U-S-H-R-S.com. Yes, drop the E and 40PLUS to get 20% off. No more sore wrists from body weight training with pushers. Go to pushers.com and use discount code 40 plus to get 20% off. This episode of the 40 plus fitness podcast is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic, free of fillers, and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. They won't take you out of ketosis if that's your way of eating. Your body is an amazing organic machine. The food we eat and drink is information for that machine. This includes adaptogens. These are compounds that balance hormones and help you deal with stress in a healthier way. If you're feeling tired, these compounds will give you a boost of energy. If you're stressed, they'll help you return to a natural state of calm. They literally help you adapt to the stress of life. This is why I'm a big fan of Organifi Green Juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. It mixes well with water or your beverage of choice, and it tastes awesome. This has become my go-to morning ritual. Organifi offers the best-tasting, high-quality superfood beverages without breaking the bank. Each serving costs less than $3. Easy, convenient, and cost-effective. Go to www.organifi.com forward slash 40 plus and use the coupon code 40 plus for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash 40-P-L-U-S and use the code 40 plus for 20% off of any item. Hey Raz, how are things? Good. How are you today, Alan? I'm doing all right. Um, Really interesting weekend. Um, Okay. (laughs) My, uh, we had our Christmas parade here. So, you know, as you're oh. listening to this, it's just now past Christmas, but we're recording this a couple of weeks in advance. And, uh, I, we had the Christmas parade and one of the things that, that kind of came about and I was sort of side swiped by this is my wife decided that I was going to wear a Santa suit, Ooh. uh, and sit in the back of her golf cart and pass out candy and toys to the kids. Aww. And it was insane. 
It was literally insane. <laughs> Thousands of kids out there screaming, Santa, it's Santa. Wow. Oh my God, it's Santa. And then they're sitting in my, my lap goodness. and I'm taking pictures. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> That's so cool. It was just bizarre. I'll post oh. a picture on the Facebook group. Uh, awesome. You can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash group uh, and you'll see a, a picture of me sitting in the back of a golf cart uh, as Santa. And uh, yeah, it was so it was insane. And then it, the, the parade, we were told to get there at a certain time and they weren't even ready to near ready to start that thing until about two hours later. And then we're on the parade for over an hour. And I was like, okay, I I've got to go to the bathroom. So I hopped out and I'm running. So you got to stand on running through the streets uh, to get to the bathroom. And then I got to go run back and find where we are in this parade to get back on the golf cart. So oh it was goodness. some, some funny moments. And you, know, you walk into a place that everybody knows me, except I'm now I'm dressed like Santa and as soon as I get close, they start to recognize who I'm going to say, don't say a word. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, just don't. That's so sweet. You know? <laughs> That's wonderful. So not Aww. something I expected, but uh, I, I, I did the best Santa I could. That's awesome. What a fun weekend. Yeah. So how are things with you? Good. Really good. You know, I'm pretty excited today. I just hired my a trainer to help me get through a marathon. I've got a spring marathon already scheduled and I've been thinking about it for a while. And I thought, you know, I do want to set a goal time for this full marathon. And I think a trainer is going to help me see my training in a whole new light. So I'm pretty excited to get started with her real soon. Yeah. Is this one you've run before? No, it'll be a new marathon. It's actually one of the two uh, runcations I've already scheduled for next year. And it's the St. Louis Marathon, and that will be in early April. Okay. So based on what you know of that course, is it similar to one you've run before? That you actually, would... I, I don't have a, a profile yet. There's okay. not a profile on their website that I found yet, but I'm asking around. So I'm hoping yeah. to get some insight. I hear it's hilly in that area, but I don't anticipate it being crazy hilly, but yeah, but I'm that's got to set, it. that's got to help set your expectations. You know, if you mm -hmm. go into it and this thing's like big, sir, you're like, okay, <laughs> uh, that was not what I was expecting. And then you get there. So you're not really that satisfied with your training and your time, but mm -hmm. yeah, because you, if you're going to run hills, you, you need to do a little bit of training on hills to, the, to just bit. know that you're getting the best, <laughs> the best you can right. out of your, out of your training. So I'll be interested to hear how, yeah. how this all goes about because you know, sure. having a coach, that's what a lot of people don't recognize is how beneficial having someone there that's, you know, that knows the ropes, that knows what's going on to just kind of mm -hmm. push you a little harder. Uh, and yes, as a coach, uh, at times I hire coaches and you mm -hmm. hire coaches and that's just, that's what we do because we want to win. You know, we want to, yeah. we want to do better, even if winning is just winning, being better at ourselves. Sure. Sometimes it's nice to have another set of eyes um, on what I'm doing and how I'm progressing. It's It'll be interesting to see. I, I'm sure she will push me harder than what I might push myself. And I'll have some a solid account, accountability too. So it should be really interesting to see how this plays out. Well, good. And I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm launching my, my new program uh, in January, uh, Win at Weight Loss. And, uh, you know, you can, you can go to 40 plus fitness forward slash win and get on the wait list for that. Uh, there are going to be limited slots, uh, cause I can only handle so many clients. I don't pass my clients off to anybody else. I handle each and every one of them. You know, this is a, this is a program, a five week program, a six week program that, that basically teaches you everything you need to know for yourself, for your body. So this is not a cookie cutter okay, here's the four things I want you to do. I, you know, I've done those before, but you know, for most people, yeah, it works. But a lot of people, they need more. They need that next step because they plateau and they stop and it doesn't work. And mm -hmm. so when things stop working, you need tools to get through that as well. So that's what this uh, the six-week program, Win at Weight Loss is. Go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash win, W-I-N, and uh, you can get on the list and then we'll have a conversation to see if this program's right for you. That sounds awesome. It'll be great. Good luck to everybody who signs up. Do it quick. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah. Cause it, once, once I get to a number where I'm like, that's all I can handle, I, I will have to turn that off. And then the wait list won't be for January. It'll likely be for April. So, uh, just realize now I'm going to do these in, uh, classes or cohorts, if you will. So we'll go through with a group of people and then I'll be done. And then I'll start, maybe start another one. 
uh, but there are going to be points of the year when I just take time off. So if you miss this one, it's going to be probably two, three, four months before I do another one. Uh, and so you want to get into this one uh, while you, while the, while the iron strike, while the iron's hot, if you will. That's right. Do it. All right. So Tara is uh, a coach and she was a keto coach until she decided that maybe uh, keto wasn't the right way for her to, to manage her health long-term. Uh, are you ready to talk about short-term keto with Tara Garrison? Sure. Our guest today is certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, International College of Applied Nutrition and Strength, and MI40, and is a certified functional strength coach, certified neurotyping coach, and metabolic analytics practitioner. She is the founder of Hire, a luxury health coaching experience for high performers that includes training, nutrition, biohacking, and mindset coaching. She has helped many professional athletes, celebrities, and top executives optimize their health. She is also the creator of the popular Keto In and Out system, in which she teaches how to do keto, not forever, to optimize metabolism, brain power, athletic performance, and physique. As the host of Inside Out Health podcast, she interviews world-class health and mindset experts from all over the world. With no further ado, here's Tara Garrison. Tara, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So we're going to talk about your book, Short-Term Keto, a four-week plan to find your unique carb threshold. Yeah. And what I like about this, and it's what I tell a lot of people because they're like, oh, well, you, you've, you do keto, but you don't do it all the time. Why don't you do it all the time? All the other keto guys, though, they want to do it all the time. And you say, I'm going to do it. I told you who's going to bark. <laughs> He's like, on camera? It's my time to shine. Yeah, it's my time to shine. Um, so sorry about that. But um, I'm going to leave that in. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the principle is this, is that I look at, and similar to you, I think, look at keto as a tool. Yeah, Absolutely. And a powerful one. Yeah. Um, so, so short-term keto, I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. Did you have no, a, no, no, yeah, no, go, <laughs> okay. go, go, go. Um, short-term keto, you know, uh, the way I, I've had a program for many years now called keto in and out, right. That was a precursor to this book. And really what it was born out of was seeing that what a powerful tool keto is. I mean, in our day and age, pretty much, I'm, I'm not going to say everybody should do keto because I definitely have time. See, I just told a woman yesterday, I'm like, I don't really don't think you need to do keto. Like I already think you're metabolically flexible. You're thin, you're healthy, you're thriving. Like I don't see a need for it. But most of us, we literally get into our car. We like sit down in a seat while we're still in our house. Like our garage is still our house. We sit in a seat, we drive to the grocery store and we sit in a seat, come back and we have endless access to food. And guess what happens over time at that lifestyle, very sedentary and overeating. We are not forced to be in a situation in which our bodies need to run off their own body fat for fuel. But if we lived in the wild, and this is where it kind of gets to your, what you're saying here about not always being ketosis. If we lived in the wild, if we lived in nature, which unless things go real bad in the next few years here, <laughs> which hopefully they don't, but uh, you know, if, if, if most likely we're not ever going to be in that situation again, where we're just living out in the woods and, you know, like trying to hunt for food, but that is our natural state. That is what the, what our, our bodies, that's what they evolved upon over many thousands of years was not always having endless access to food and having to move even when you don't really feel like it so that you can have food. And guess what happens as a result of that? Our bodies would go into ketosis naturally. So what does this mean? It means when you run out of enough incoming carbohydrate to support your bodily functions, your body will turn your own body fat or, you know, now it's dietary fat often because we have so much food available to us, but your body will turn fat into these things called ketones and you will run off of those as your energy source. And so many cool things happen in our bodies as a result of that. We drop inflammation. We become, it's more easy for us to focus without food. We can go longer without food, without feeling hangry and angry and shaky and hypoglycemic and all of these things. And, um, you know, gut healing benefits. It's really powerful for the body. Our brain gets a boost. They go through our blood brain barrier. We have more mental energy. And some people hypothesize that maybe that was to help us go hunt and find more food. You know, we want to be mentally clear. So we don't do this. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? When, why would you 
like sit there and be uncomfortably hungry and you have everything you could ever imagine sitting in your pantry, just waiting for you to eat it. We just, we're just not going to, because we don't have to. And so here comes keto, this intervention in which all we do is intentionally remove most of the carbohydrates from our diet. And we get this adaptation in our body. To me, the point is the adaptation and going back to this living in nature analogy. Like if you're freaking starving (laughs) and you're living out in nature and you come across whatever food, (laughs) whether that's potatoes or berries or, you know, whatever, or an animal, like you're just going to eat whatever you can. Right. And so, you know, uh, a lot of people get in the mentality of carbs are bad for you and carbs make you fat. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just an abundance and over, over consumption of carbohydrates all the time in which your body never, ever gets to explore this other half of its capacity, which is ketosis that can become quote unquote bad for you over time, because now you are, um, kind of dependent on glucose for energy. And, you know, you get hangry and shaky and all of these things if you don't have it. So keto is a powerful tool that allows us to come into our, uh, come in and get our metabolism to be doing what it was always meant to do in the first place. Yeah. I I do something uh, I call seasonal ketosis. And so it's basically, I know there's seasons of the years when, when I'm going to want to eat certain things or drink certain yeah. things and do certain things, uh, usually around the holidays and football season and, and that kind of thing. And so I just like, okay, I can be in ketosis and I feel great in ketosis, but I was like, I, I don't want to live my life this way 24 seven. So I would cycle out and then I would cycle back in and what I found was for me, it works very, very well. And then I've had mm-hmm. other people that I've worked with and, you know, they can't necessarily bring back the carbs because yeah. the way they process carbs and the way they eat carbs just doesn't work. Can we talk a little bit about this bio-individuality is the term yeah. I've, I've heard used. Why are some of us wired to be fine with keto most of the time? And then others, it's, you know, we're wired more with the threshold of being able to take in more carbs? Yeah, that's a great question. And so, you know, any, any good nutrition coach, I think they're first going to want to know where are we starting? What's, what's going on? Like where, what's the starting point? And so if you have, let's say, for example, you have type two diabetes, like I'm not recommending that you bring carbs back in like that. I mean, actually the research is kind of starting to shift over the years. We used to say, this is not we're not healing type two diabetes with this. We're just managing it. Some, depending on how far progressed it is, it, it, it's, we're seeing that it might be possible at least to be able to increase the carb threshold a little bit um, through, but um, we're talking years of doing keto, right? So if you have uh, pre-diabetes, type two diabetes, um, you're using keto for, to manage something like epilepsy or, um, some sort of therapeutic approach. It might be a long-term thing for you for women who are perimenopausal or postmenopausal, they may have higher estrogens, you know, and that doesn't mean that they have to just live with that and be like that forever. These, a lot of things can be changed and shifted. Um, but I'm saying if that's where you're starting, you might need to be keto for a long time. If you're very obese, Um, I like to just, I'm just blunt with it. The more obese you are more likely, the better keto is going to work for you because that means you likely are not metabolically flexible. Your body has a hard time going into its own fat source and using that for fuel without you becoming extremely uncomfortable and hungry and cravings and all of those things. So you do something like keto, you might do it for years, you know? Um, so there's definitely, it's, there's so many different things that could be happening in the body to cause this. There's even DNA, you know, we, I do DNA work with my clients. There's even predispositions that certain people people have to have less, um, uh, normal, like impaired glucose metabolism. Right. And we look at people with Alzheimer's. If you have Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's in your family, you maybe possibly have some genetic predispositions to not manage glucose as well. These things, a lot of these things can be completely changed by lifestyle. Right. But it takes time. And so, um, Uh, and then there's, you know, I've had clients where they're extremely fit. They're extremely active. Their blood sugar regulation is great. They have good muscle mass. They're already quote unquote fat adapted, meaning their body can run off fat just as well as carbs. You know, they, they might not even need to do keto, you know, they might, it's not, it's not, everyone doesn't need to do it. And then there's some people that actually really, it's probably going to be a life-changing intervention for them. And so, um, I would say if you, the, the biggest hitters are, if you have high blood sugar, this is going to be a winner, winner, chicken dinner for you. Like I, I, it's just for me, people who 
they feel like finally, because when you have blood sugar cravings for food, when your body is saying you're going to die if you don't eat like something sugary right now, because it doesn't know how to go into ketosis. It's pretty much it. Like that's going to be a life-changing experience for you. Uh, leptin, your satiation hormone goes up. That's life-changing for people. You know, I've had clients that are 400 pounds plus and just lost hundreds of pounds is life-changing for them, you know? Um, so it just, it really just start, it depends on where your starting point is. And, you know, for the sake of time, I won't go too far into that, but we go into detail on that of reasons you might want to try to do keto and possibly do it longer term in my book. Yeah. This episode of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic, free of fillers, and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. In our 24-7 always-on world, going without sleep seems to carry a badge of honor, but that's not how your body sees it. Sleep is when all the wonderful things happen inside your body. Hormones reset, and the healing and restoration happens. You know how much better you feel when you have a good night's sleep. Getting good sleep is a priority for me. That's why I'm a big fan of Organifi Gold Juice. With ingredients like turmeric, reishi mushroom, and ginger, it's designed to support rest, relaxation, recovery, and repair. It's a delicious and nutritious warm golden tea. I use water, but you can also use milk or a milk alternative. This has become a part of my evening wind down. Organifi offers the best tasting, high quality superfood beverages without breaking the bank. Each serving costs less than $3 per day. Easy, convenient, and cost-effective. Go to www.organifi.com forward slash 40 plus and use the code 40 plus for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash 40PLUS and use the code 40 plus for 20% off of any item. And then the other side of it, because I I work with clients too, and we'll, we'll go low carb with their eating, and they they feel really good. They're losing the weight, you know, forty yeah. pounds, fifty pounds mm-hmm. gone, and they feel great. And they're like, "This is incredible." And then they're like, "But I I, I want to introduce carbs, but I'm afraid." Yeah. So yeah, what are some signs? You know, it's like because they, they're like, "This works so well," but they're like, mm-hmm. "I know a holiday, a new vacation's coming. We're going to Disney. We're doing this," and it's like, right. you know. Can I? And I'm like, well, you right. need permission first. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, two, I know. You, in your book, you have some signs that, okay, it, mm-hmm. it, it's probably okay for you to start reintroducing carbs. Yeah. I love this question. This is one of the main reasons I even started talking about this at the time in 2018, when I started sharing this message, uh, kind of developed this little tagline of do keto, not forever. That was very rebellious of me. Very, because I was very involved in the, you know, the, the leaders of the keto movement were all my friends and colleagues. Um, and this was just like an abomination. Like at that time in 2018, keto was like the end all be all. If you are a smart person, you understand that ketones are better than glucose. And like that, was just the mentality. And I had recently gotten off of keto. So I came into it very lean, very athletic, had just qualified for the Boston marathon, was lifting weights, did keto. I appreciated some of the benefits that I got in terms of mental clarity. Um, I think I needed a little more fat. So just hormonally felt better. I could go longer between meals, which was super cool without feeling hungry. I really got tapped into physiological hunger versus blood sugar hunger, you know, and that was cool. Um, but I did, I did for me personally, I lost muscle and gained body fat. And at the time I was dating one of the like leaders of the keto movement. So I know I was optimizing it. I'm a trainer and nutritionist myself, but my body just wasn't loving it from a body composition or athletic performance perspective. And I had just brought carbs back in and everything was going back up for me. And I still maintained those benefits that I had received during keto right, of being able to go between meals for a long time. And so here I was like, um, talking to all these women at conferences and they're terrified of carbohydrates, right? They're terrified. They've been taught these will make you fat. These will inflame you. Even people saying they're going to kill you, you know, like, and so there's like a lot of fear, And, um, what I've, you know, the clients that I've worked with, sometimes my clients come to me and they've experienced, they've lost over a hundred pounds on keto already. And I'm like, you know, the carb savior (laughs) or something. Cause I teach this message or like, girl, are you serious? Are you telling me I can really have carbohydrates again? Cause I'm terrified. And what I like to tell people is like, if you've experienced a big weight loss on keto, 
Remember that you are not in the same body right now that you started with. It's hard emotionally for us to get there sometimes, right? We still see ourselves as a, you know, 200, 300, 400 pound person, but you're not, you lost 200 pounds. You lost hundred pounds. Like that your body is different now. The physiological processes are different. So what I say is look check your blood sugar management. When you, um, wake up in the morning, if you're under 90 in the morning, even if you ate some carbs the day before, that's a really good sign that you've achieved better blood sugar management. Um, if you're starting to just gain weight back, maybe you've turned into lazy keto and you're not actually in ketosis anymore. And like, you're gaining weight back. You're just not feeling as good. You're not getting the same results because once your blood sugar is management is good. You're not going to get the same drastic result from keto that you did when your blood sugar was poor. Um, if your sleep isn't good, if you feel like you're crying a lot, like that could be low serotonin. If your gut health isn't good, you're just chronically have watery stools or constipation. Those are all signs that maybe it's time to just explore bringing cars back in. And I just want to say one thing real quick. And that is Please remember that when you first bring carbs back in, your insulin response will not be as high. And we've seen in that is a rat study, but for about two weeks after getting off keto and bringing carbs back in, you may have higher blood sugar spikes than you would if you, after those two weeks are over at once your body gets regulated on how much insulin to produce. So I say that because so many people, they're like, uh-uh, I tried yeah. to eat one carb and my blood sugar shot through the roof. I'm like, I know that's because you've been keto for so long. Like, you know, I, I've had times when I was keto and I ate carbs and I literally fell asleep. Like I was in like a coma, you know? Um, and so it's that, please remember that, you know, it's and 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 the types of carbohydrates you eat are super super important as well and make a tremendous difference. Yeah. Because just like we often have that problem, you know, they call it keto flu. I call it carb withdrawals. When you go into ketosis, it's about a two week period of time that your body's right. trying to figure out, Whoa, right. what is this? What is this mm -hmm. way of eating? What's going on here? Why don't I have this? Mm -hmm. um, it works the other way when you're trying to go back yeah. in, it's like, okay, Whoa. Uh, you know, I've got a sugar rush, uh, just having, you know, a, a a little bit of ice cream or a cookie. Right. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? Um, and then you, your body will adapt. And, and we get this metabolic, like, metabolic flexibility where, where our body's able to easier go back and forth. So if you said, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to take the weekend off, or I'm going to take a month off, and I'm going to go and start reintroducing carbs, and then it's not really what you want, and it's not really working out, you're not feeling it, then you just do that transition back. And it's actually yeah. not hard. It's not yeah. as hard as it was the first time. Totally. Uh, if you get yourself into a really good state with how your insulin response is, how your pancreas is working. Uh, mm -hmm. And like you said, the other things like ghrelin I mean, and, and leptin and just kind of making sure that you're, you're actually know what hunger is and uh, just eating yeah. sugar for the sake of sugar. I appreciate you saying that. Cause I think you're the first person I've heard say that I'm like, I feel like the lone wolf over here. Like everyone's teaching, Hey, the keto, yeah. when you go to keto, it sucks. And your, your gut's going to get all messed up. Cause you, your enzyme regulation is off. Cause you're not used to making that much lipase to break down fats and all these things. And it's okay. Just hang in there. But nobody's preaching that. I feel, I felt like I've been like, the only, I'm like, Hey, also when you bring cars back in, some things have to get up regulated in the body too. your, the amount of amylase you produce to break down carbohydrates and your, and your gut, um, your ability to manage and process that much fiber. And that's why I, I slowly reintroduce carbs in the book because I, sometimes people are like, Oh, I ate carbs and I got really bloated. My body just hates them. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're just not used to producing enough enzymes to break down, break it down. You know, it takes time. So I appreciate you sharing that message. It's, well, it's also I, a transition out. I actually put it in my book, uh, that yeah. I published in uh, 2018. So in December, Yay. November, to December of 2018, awesome. I had the same message is that you don't oh. have to be in keto forever. Um, but you, you know, you want to have a reason you want to have a strategy as you go into these types of things. And so awesome. one of the, one of the most important strategies I think is people are looking at carbohydrates and, and trying to get past that fear or that phobia, uh, which I guess carb phobia is now going to be a word. If it's not, yeah. I just made it up. I but, say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be okay. Not all carbs are the same. Yeah. But we have this in our mindset. It's like, I look on the label. Um, and that's mistake probably number one, but I'm looking on the label and the label says it's got this many carbs. And can you go kind of go through and talk about yeah. you know, how we can look at carbohydrates and how we can prioritize them as we begin to reintroduce? 
Yeah, I love this question. And the, and the reason I, this is one of the main reasons I wrote this book is because I noticed because I'm a keto specialist and my regular everyday life, everyone feels the need to talk to me about keto, right? I'm sure you notice the same, right? And I get these, um, you know, people, they're, they're eating pizza and chips and whatever and fast food. And they'll say, oh man, I know. I just got to go back to keto. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that's not the only way to be healthy. Like there's a, there's another place that's not junk food or keto. That's like all in or all out thinking, you know? And so, um, I, I almost forget sometimes that when I'm telling people to, that it's okay to eat carbs, I'm not taught. I mean, I don't like calling anything good or bad. It's just, you're not going to get as optimal results when you're eating processed carbohydrates full of canola oil and processed white flours and sugars. And that that's not going to be the same experience of what I'm talking about. And um, the way I like to prioritize it is non-starchy vegetables. So the things that we actually kind of consider vegetables, right? Broccoli, asparagus, cauliflower, like have at it. Cause sometimes even on keto, in keto, you have to actually limit that for some people who are really sensitive, you know? So it's like, Oh, you can have carrots again. You can have any vegetable you want, you know, and that brings us into starchy vegetables, right? So that's kind of the next step is like potatoes, sweet potatoes. Um, if your gut can tolerate it, it depends on the person, but some people manage beans really well. Some people have sensitivities and can't have those things. But, you know, if your body processes them well, go for it, start eating more things from nature. And then my next on my list is fruits, you know, and you know, you could, you could alternate that you could put fruits up there with starchy vegetables too. um, start eating fruits again, see how your body does see how you tolerate them. There's so much fear around these foods, especially in the keto world. It's like, don't eat bananas. You know, I just saw a share the other day and it was like, oatmeal is unhealthy. And I'm like, no, like for some people, maybe, but not for everyone you know, so question some of these dogmatic beliefs that you've gotten and look at the actual research. If you want to, it's not there, you know, there's, there's some, uh, it, we're taking something that might be true for some people and trying to make it true for everyone, you know? And so that's like, it's something to be mindful of in the nutrition world right now in our information age. Um, and also I am not opposed to whole grains, like, like oatmeal, like quinoa, you know? And so granted, if you have leaky gut, you don't want to be eating these things. They're probably going to exacerbate it, right? Um, if you don't cook your foods, like this might affect it, right? But um, I am actually, you know, if you look at the actual research, there's so much in support of some of these whole grains, even oatmeal, helping with cholesterol, helping with LDL levels, um, helping be heart protective. And I, it's, I have to go so against my programming and the keto world to say stuff like this, because we've been taught for so long, like grains are bad. Like uh, beans are horrible. Definitely don't eat those. Don't eat bananas. Those are fake foods. And I'm like, I've come to a place in my journey where I'm like, if, if nature is allowing it to be grown and you're, and you ask your body, how does my body actually feel when I eat these things? When I eat quinoa, I feel like amazing. My body loves quinoa, right? So start to, as you bring these things back in, start to experiment. How do I feel? Especially after kind of that two week mark is gone. And I bet for most of at least it's been the most of my clients experience after a phase of keto, when everything's regulating our body and they start bringing these things back in and let go of their beliefs that it's hurting them, they start to feel really good. Yeah. And that's what I like with your plan is that basically it's this, it's not this, okay, turn the switch and and now I go carb crazy. It's okay. <laughs> we're, we're going to, we're going to go in and we're going to have, we're going to have some spinach and we're going to have some broccoli and we're going to have some cauliflower and we're going to slowly introduce these vegetables and see how our body responds. And, you know, it might be, it might be a little hard at first. You might not be digesting it the way your body needs to, and you might be gassy, feel a little bloated, but give it a shot, give it a legitimate shot. And then it, once you kind of adapt and your body's performing well with that, you can go to the next step. Say, okay, I want some sweet potato. And it's not like you eat one whole sweet potato. You have a little bit of sweet potato with dinner and see how you feel. And so I like how your plan is kind of putting that together in a structure. So there's, there's not a whole lot of questions of, okay, do I go out for Thanksgiving dinner and that be my break, my keto thing. No, you're, you're not going to feel well if you do that. And Right. And the intention is like, if you slam one, your gut and two, your blood sugar with like, cause keto is a restrictive diet. It is. And so sometimes there's an emotional component of, Oh my gosh. Like that's, I think why people get stuck in it possibly because they're like, I like this restriction because I don't trust myself to be, uh, not like off the rails once I do eat carbs. And I'm trying to show a different way of like, 
honoring it. The way I like to put it is this. Imagine that you're still keto with healthy carbs as part of keto. If you kind of look at it like that, instead of just like, I'm going to eat whatever the freak I want, pizza time, soda time, you know, like that's not it. You know, um, it's, it's still eating whole foods from nature. And I'm really just trying to help people get the experience of what it can feel like when you eat carbs to support healthy functions of your body, but not so many carbs that you go into a diabetic coma <laughs> I'm yeah. being theoretical, but you know what I mean? So, cause yeah. that, that deters people from understanding what it can feel like to live a balanced life again after a phase of keto. Right. And once again, going back to the metabolic flexibility, um, you might find that your carb threshold has gone up substantially. And so whereas mm-hmm. before when, mm-hmm. when you were insulin resistant, when you were obese and when you were really struggling, 25 grams was all you could handle. And when you start looking at what 25 grams of carbs equates to, it's almost no carbs um, that you're eating. And then you say, okay, now I'm going to push this up. And maybe now you're Mm -hmm. eating 50. You might Mm -hmm. find yourself still in ketosis most of the day if you're doing any measurements at all. Some people I've seen, particularly very, very fit, very athletic moving people when they're doing a lot of movement, they're doing a lot of work. Uh, yeah. cleaning out their glycogen stores and doing those right. types of things. Um, they can eat a hundred, 150 mm-hmm. and, and still maintain ketosis most of the day. Yeah. Even Dominic D'Agostino, uh, shared this, I think on, um, I believe it was on Dave Asprey's podcast or maybe Joe Rogan or something, but he was saying that he eats about 150 grams of carbs a day and he called it more ketogenic than, than ketosis. And I think what he means by that is he's helping to support some, you know, there's probably most of you, if you're keto nerds, you've heard there's parts of your brain that really, um, want glucose or certain parts of your body that do want glucose. So you're supporting those organs, you're supporting those things, but you're still active enough. I mean, Dom, like he deadlifts like 500 pounds, this dude's strong, right? So just like you're saying, he's using that glycogen and then intermittent fasting so that he's able to go back into ketosis easily. And I think, I mean, that's, become my lifestyle. I probably eat, I would say between hundred and 200 grams of carbs. I crush it in the gym every morning. I am a, I'm like scary, almost beast mode. And that's why I can do stuff. Like, and then I pair that with intermittent fasting. It's such an easy lifestyle, you know, and you don't have to not have any carbs, which for me, especially someone like me, who's athletic, it really limits for me that kind of intensity, um, in the gym. Right. And so it can become a, an easier flow of life if you're willing to, um, add some activity into your routine as well, but the less active you are probably really realistically, the less carbs you need, I'd say across the board for human beings. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that kind of goes to the next thing. And I, and I think I really haven't seen anybody else that's spent a lot of time talking about this, but, um, part of the reason that you do want to make sure you're eating those non-starchy vegetables and sometimes some starchy vegetables and definitely fruits is your neurotransmitters. Yeah. You know, they're, they're basic components. And if Mm -hmm. you're just going strict keto for a long period of time, you're probably going to have some issues with your GABA and your dopamine and serotonin and those types of things, which are going to affect your sleep. They're going to affect how you feel. And when your body gets stressed now, now we're talking about adrenaline and, and things like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, so can you talk a little bit about yeah. those neurotransmitters? Because I, this is a conversation that a lot of people aren't having I about know. why carbs are actually an important component of what we eat, uh, but we got to do it right with, with regards to how we process, but mm-hmm. you'll know it because your brain will turn on when you get yeah, the formula I, right. Right. And I love talking about this and thank you for asking. Cause I, there's such a lack of awareness of how much nutrition impacts our mental health. And so often I see people go into these blame and shame cycles of what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, and I'm like, actually, okay. So you had something traumatic happen and you're sleep deprived and you're sad and you've been keto and maybe you don't even know you have a genetic predisposition for low serotonin. And so your serotonin's in the crapper and you're feeling so just down and guess what? Actually eating carbs is smart. Your body's probably telling you to go eat some carbs because it's like, we need to get serotonin up. So you're not so sad friend. And so, and then people are like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't have any willpower. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Let's look into this. So let me give some basic information. Um, the biggest, I'd say the biggest impact of, uh, that keto has on certain neurotransmitters would be dopamine, serotonin, and GABA. So when you're keto, your dopamine will 
be higher. So when you eat a diet that's mostly fat and protein, you're going to favor dopamine production. Um, that's because tyrosine, the building block of dopamine and tryptophan, the building block of serotonin, they compete to get across the blood brain barrier. So if uh, you're eating more fats and proteins, the, the tyrosine is going to win. You're going to be more dopamine or making more dopamine. And then if you are eating more carbs and protein as the majority of your diet, you'll favor serotonin production. So what does this mean? If you are somebody who has really low dopamine and you go keto, you may all of a sudden start, you may have a life-changing experience on your mood. You're like, all of a sudden I'm driven and I'm making my dreams come true and I'm nice to everybody and confident and like, wow, you know, that's a light. That's where I think a lot of the zealots of keto come from these deeper bio, uh, biological processes they're having. They don't understand, you know, they're like, all I know is I got better. Things got better. Like I felt a lot better, but let's say somebody has, they already have good dopamine levels, but they have low serotonin. And then they go keto and they get higher dopamine, but they, you know, they might like that a little bit, but didn't really need it that much, but they needed the little bit of serotonin that they were getting. And now all of a sudden it's dropped and they're in a place where they are sad and crying a lot and just feeling really emotional. And then they're likely to put more pressure on themselves. Come on. Like, why can't you just do this thing? And it's like, people, you need to know that there could be a biochemistry aspect to this process for you. And so I always honor people. I'm like, listen, like if you don't feel better on keto and you've been doing it for like a month and you just don't feel better. Like it's okay to honor that. It's not the only way to be healthy. <laughs> you know, you can also eat a balanced diet and exercise and get many of similar benefits, you know? So, and then GABA, I really, I like to share about, so ketone bodies have been found to be GABAergic. So what's GABA? GABA is like the brakes on our brain. So a lot of people who are overthinkers, they just can't stop, can't stop, can't stop, can't stop. They may like being in a ketogenic state because that overthinking is usually indicative of a, well, it can also be, maybe you need to meditate and work on some things like that, but, um, glutamate glutamate is a neurotransmitter that causes it's, it's excitatory. It's like, go, 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 go in our minds. And if that conversion, it turns into GABA. So if it doesn't turn into the breaks in the brain, we're just like chronically obsessing over these little things. And it's, 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 you know, it makes people feel crazy. And so ketone bodies can help increase your GABA levels and help that to stop. So that can be really, really enjoyable experience for some people, you know, but if you already have good GABA levels, you're not going to feel that, that you're not going to really need that, you know? And so I like to go into this in the book of like some different things you might be feeling and experiencing on keto and, and why, you know, and then the last one would be adrenaline. This is something that honestly concerns me. And so Dr. Jeff Volick and Stephen Finney did a, did a study on this because a lot of people were concerned that keto might just be this high on ketones might actually just be high on adrenaline, which feels great and helps you lose weight in the beginning. But over time it increases cortisol and can actually cause you to gain weight and have health problems. Um, and so they showed that as long as you have adequate salt intake on keto, that you can offset the overproduction of adrenaline on keto. But if you don't, which I say is pretty like, you don't know exactly what your sodium levels are and what your needs are that day. So if you're, I, I get concerned about people who may not have adequate salt levels on keto when they're going into this high adrenaline state for years on end, and that can cause problems in the long run. So just something to be aware of. I share all the details of that in the book, but you know, this impact of our how are you feeling? Are you really feeling better? Are you feeling kind of crazy? Are you feeling kind of like manic and overly busy or uber confident, too confident? Like you don't care about anybody anymore. Like maybe your dopamine is through the roof, you know? So I just like to create awareness of these things. So people don't have this shame and stigma of what's wrong with me. And they actually have some understanding behind it. And, and I think this speaks to when, when we say food is information, Movement yeah. is information. Yeah. Um, this is this is how it happens. It's the neurotransmitters, it's the yeah. hormones. All those things have to balance out, all those things have to work for you. And if you're out of balance because the food you're taking in isn't serving you or your movement patterns aren't serving you, yeah, then then you're you're giving yourself bad information and your body's responding the, the way it, it, it only way it can. Right. So, Doing these experiments, getting out there and, and experiment of one, you know, you're, you're the most important sample size mm -hmm. there is. Mm -hmm. And just saying, I'm going to try this four week plan and yeah. I'm going to find my carb, my keto, and I'm going to get into keto. And then 
when I'm ready to come out, I'll follow this four-week plan to reintroduce and, and really journal and pay attention to your right. mood, pay attention mm-hmm. to how your skin looks, how you feel, how your workouts, like you said, beast, if, if you start going beast mode in the gym, something good's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sleep and digestion and all those things. I love that. Those are the questions I have as you go through that process. And ideally, I mean, being real, it's a four week plan. I'd love for you to like, make it like a you know, 12 week, do one, you know, one week for a whole month, you know, but, I, um, it's it, yes. See, be, be aware, be aware. And one of the cool things, and I'm sure you're aware of this because you do all the time is you might not need as many carbohydrates after doing a phase of keto to give you that get up and go, which is kind of cool, you know? So yeah. it's a, it's a, it, you're exactly right. It's, please honor your body and what your body's asking for and give things time though. Don't one day you ate cupcakes yesterday. My body hates carbs. No. (laughs) All right. Give yourself a little bit more time to experiment than that. So uh, Tara, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get well? Yeah. uh, Number one, sleep. So big. It's like, I don't know how else to say it, but you guys know you're worthy of sleep, right? Like, remember that, like nothing is more important than that. It's everything in the body goes up when you have adequate sleep. And I think so many people are depressed and anxious because they literally just need sleep. And all those neurotransmitters I talked about, the production all goes down if you don't have enough sleep. So biochemically, you're in a bad mood and that's hard to get out of. So sleep is, I'd say the the core, the the keystone of wellness. Um, It's the healer. It's when we heal. Um, Next is having a consistent routine for success have a consistent routine. So it's not so hard all the time. Like I got to get to the gym sometime today. Oh, I got to figure out something healthy to eat at some point. Like that's very stressful. So you can eliminate this decision fatigue by having, um, I have a morning routine. I have a consistent gym time with actual times on it. I have my clutch go-to meals and I have an evening routine. I have boundaries for myself. Right. And that is like, it makes it so easy. Your body knows what to expect and you know what to expect. And then you just get in flow that gets you results. And I'd say the last thing is showing up for yourself and having boundaries, saying no to things that you don't want to do, doing things that bring you joy, saying no to relationships that drag you down, spending time in relationships that nourish you. Like that is having happiness, you know, like prioritizing kind of that inner child saying, I'm here for you and um, continuing to show up for yourself in a way that like you need. I'd say, you know, between that, having having a flow of a fit, healthy lifestyle that you can stick with, with ease, sleeping and nourishing your soul. It's good stuff. <laughs> Thank you for that. So Tara, if someone wanted to learn more about the book, short-term keto or the things you're doing, where would you like for me to send them? Um, you know what? I would say go to my website, taragarrison.com, and you can click on the book link there because um, I am giving away my top 100 keto recipes for free with anybody who orders the books. So all the info for that is right Right, just right there. It's a quick, easy, instant download. Cause I want to make sure if you read the first chapter and you're like, wow, keto sounds really cool. And I actually want to try it and use Tara's recipes. I wanted to make sure people were supported on that. So my favorite top hundred keto recipes that I've used with clients and boot camps and all these things over the years are all condensed into that. And then you can find links to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all these websites where you can purchase the book. Okay. You can go to 40 plus fitness podcast.com forward slash five one eight. And I'll be sure to have the links there. So Tara, Thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, Raz, welcome back. Hey, Alan. What a great interview. There's a lot I'd like to talk about, but why don't we start with the idea of using keto as a short-term fix? Yeah. Most of the people in the keto space love keto, and then therefore it's it's the only way to eat. And the short of it is, and I, anyone that's listened to this podcast more than a week uh, knows that there. I don't I don't buy into that. I'm not into the dogma of there's only one way for you to eat. There, there's mm-hmm. an optimal way for you to eat where you are right now, and there are certain things you probably want to accomplish that eating the right way for that is going to serve you better. I can tell you from my experience, keto is the best way for me to drop body fat. Mm -hmm. If I try to do it any other way, I tend to overeat. I don't feel satiated and I don't enjoy myself enough to stick with it. And then there's just shortcuts. I can't take, I can't say, okay, I'm going to lose weight and continue to consume beer or bread (laughs) or those types of things because Mm -hmm. my body just 
puffs up. Now, I love beer. Don't get me wrong. I am, I really am kind of fond of bread, but you know, they don't serve my body, particularly if I'm trying to lose weight. And so if I'm looking to try to lose body fat, I, I have to go rather strict with keto. But I also have in the back of my mind, yes, it's not permanent, but it could be if it needed to be. And so the flipping back and forth, which I do as a part of what I call seasonal ketosis, is really just that thing to say, okay, if it's a good time for me to start cutting body fat, which I'll tell you right now it is, uh, you know, I'm looking for that tough mutter in August. So mm-hmm. I would love to be 20, 25 pounds less when I do that, that run, because it's mm-hmm. that much less weight I have to carry. Now the weight serves me well right now. And if I want to lift heavy and, and do the things I'm doing, walk and lift heavy, I'm fine. It's not, doesn't cause me any issues at all. But if I want to do something intense and long, mm-hmm. like the tough mutter, I'm going to need to do some, make some changes to me physically, which includes losing some body fat, uh, to perform the way I want to perform for that. So keto is a great way to improve your health. It's an elimination diet. So when everybody says there's a strict limit, you know, you're limiting whole food groups. Yeah, you are. Uh, (laughs) but same thing if you're a vegan, same thing, you're vegetarian, same thing. If you're a carnivore, all those Mm -hmm. ways of eating, you're eliminating something. Even if you do the FODMAP diet, even if you do the Mediterranean diet, you're eliminating certain foods. And Mm so elimination is what diets are. They're not almost none of them are just eat what you're normally eating and just eat Mm -hmm. less of it (laughs) because everybody knows that doesn't work. Right. I'm starving all the time and I'm craving foods and so the eating less and moving more by itself doesn't work. You've got to find a structure to how you're eating that helps you feel satiated, that lets you eat less and have mm-hmm. the energy to move more. But you, you can't start with the eat less, move more model. You have to think about the foods that are serving you and then go from there. Absolutely. I thought that was the greatest part about this being a short-term fix is that it's just one test, really. It's one experiment to see how your body responds when you take certain foods out of your diet and add other foods back into it and see how you feel in response. And it's pretty quick that you that you'll see some changes. But you know, just like she said, you don't have to live on it forever. You know, once you reach maybe your body composition goal that you're trying to get through, or once you get through your tough mutter, maybe you can reassess your relationship with carbs, which brought me to the next point was that let's talk about carbs because carbs are not all created equal. And like I've mentioned in the past, if anybody this is carbs, I instantly think of this giant baguette of bread or the pastries we eat at breakfast. You know, I always default to bread, but that's not all the carbs. That's not it. No, no, because, uh, you know, carbs are going to range everywhere from the leafy greens that have almost no real usable carb. It's, it's fiber uh, and mm-hmm. water mostly, you know, you look at celery and then anybody will say, well, that's almost a negative in the calories because there's so much fiber and to, to digest that and get it, you know, to chew it, you're almost burning more calories than you are eating. It's not, that's not entirely true, but right. it is full of water. And so mm-hmm. from, from that perspective, it's so to say that, yeah, uh, celery is the equivalent of potatoes is the equivalent of bread is the equivalent of Twinkies. Uh, is is just not true. There's a whole range of them and how your body utilizes them. That's so different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked to Dr. Yao uh, a week or so ago, and the the basic principle is that fiber is not going to be digested by you. It's going to get all the way down deep into your small intestine before bacteria are going to start hitting at it. And, And then it gets into your large intestine and that's where they're going to start doing their breakdowns and stuff. So the fiber is going to go all the way through you and you're not mm-hmm. technically going to get any calorie load from it. You're going to feel fuller longer because it's not being taken up. Uh, whereas bread and sugar and, 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 and the Coca-Colas and stuff that you want to drink, those mm-hmm. things are hitting your bloodstream almost immediately. They've been almost completely digested. And in some cases, again, if they're processed, they've been digested before you even put them in your mouth because of the processing. And so when it hits your digestive tract, they become sugar in your system. Mm -hmm. And then there's an insulin response and there's all the other things that go along with that. Um, And so 
different carbs are going to work differently for you. And there was a, there was a, an Israeli study a few years back and they, they put the, the monitors, you know, the, the, the long-term monitors in continuous monitoring of glucose, oh, blood, mm-hmm. blood glucose that you see people with uh, di- typically with di- type two diabetes and when type one diabetes, they wear this so they can constantly be monitoring their blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And they had this thing set up to basically just continually just check their glucose, check their glucose, check their glucose. And then they said, when you get ready to eat something, whatever you want to eat, a banana, uh, you know, a, a baguette, as you said, or anything like that, mm-hmm. a, a donut, then you, you go ahead and just log what you ate when you ate it. Mm-hmm. And they would say, okay, well, one person's blood sugar would just shoot up when they ate a banana and someone else's wouldn't. And then there's right. the other aspects of this. If you eat a green banana, like really green, like hard to open, you know, it doesn't peel, yeah. you basically cut it. Uh, that's almost entirely non-digestible starch. It's, it's, it's almost all fiber. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's a, basically a, a prebiotic that's going to feed the, your, your intestinal flora and your microbes in your, in your intestine because um, you're not going to digest that as sugar. Now, if you let it get ripe and now it's a yellow or slightly browning, uh, it's, it's a high dose of sugar. It's, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, 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 it's changed. Same thing with a potato. You know, uh, if you eat a raw potato, it's almost all non-digestible fiber. Uh, if you then cook it and eat it, it's now something that's going to boost up your blood sugar relatively quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. If you then refrigerate it and eat it later, you've now turned it into a resistant starch. So that's all with a a potato. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of variation there in the foods that we eat. And there's a lot of variation in individuals. And the the, really, the only way you'll know if a food is serving you or not is trial and error. And that's, what's great about keto is keto is that elimination diet that takes you off of all of that. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that that's great, at least it was great uh, with keto was that it was all whole foods because before the keto was really a big thing, they didn't have all the keto snacks and the keto fake recipe stuff where I, I still want my pizza. So make a keto mm-hmm. pizza, which is, which is fine, except now you're introducing some processed foods with even with, you know, with the, the flour, the almond flour and the coconut flour and eating a lot of cheese. Uh, so if you have a dairy problem, that's, you know, just another thing where it might not serve you to be doing this, that stuff didn't exist early on in the, this whole drive to keto. Uh, and I, I approached it from a paleo perspective and I'm like, well, my ancestors would not have eaten a keto pizza, (laughs) (laughs) but I knew how to make them. Um, and so it's just, you know, those kind of things of saying, think about food as nourishment for your body. Mm -hmm. And if the food isn't serving you towards the goals that you have for your health and fitness, and it's mm-hmm. not the right food for you. And that's kind of the message that Tara came into this was, you know, she was a fit young person trying to be competitive and athletic and get stronger and have a certain body fat percentage. And those things were really important to her. And keto was a tool that got her to a point. And then she's like, well, I'm not getting there. And I'm, I know I'm doing it right because I have the right resources. Um, there's just something about keto that's not working for me right now. Mm-hmm. And she transitioned off of keto and, and then she got to her body composition levels. She got stronger. Um, and that's Tara that, that was, that's perfect for her. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, if you're struggling with something, uh, consider trying keto and see yeah. how it goes. And, and you don't have to think of it as, oh, well, once I go on it, then I'm locked in for the rest of my life, but you might get there like you have Rachel and say, this is, this does actually serve me very well. This way of eating serves me very well. And if I want a beer after a race, Mm -hmm. I'll have a beer and and you're, you, that works perfect for you. And for Mike. Yep, it does. Yep. That's our, that's our MO. You know, we, uh, Mike has a iron gut, so he's able to eat more, um, non-keto foods than I'm able to eat, but you know, that's just it is that we, we do enjoy certain foods when we feel like we can do that. So a beer every now and then that's fine. I'm actually going to be experimenting with the uh, sweet potatoes. You had mentioned this to me before about 
baking them and refrigerating them and baking them again to make them more insulin resistant. That's something I'll be experimenting uh, with as I get ready for my marathon coming yeah. up. So, well, and, and I've heard it done mostly with white potatoes. So you might want to do a little bit of reading on that. I'm not sure if it's yeah. the sweet potatoes that do that, that same way. Cause they are slightly different, you know, they're a little less starchy. Uh, mm-hmm. than the white potatoes. So I haven't looked into the sweet potatoes, but if you, if you do that, then report back what you, sure. what you learn about it. Cause that'd yeah. be very interesting. Well, you know, I I'd like to choose foods that have a little bit more punch nutrient wise. And I feel like a sweet potato might have a few extra nutrients that I could probably use in my diet. Whereas a plain white potato may not, but I'll definitely try both experiments. You might be surprised if you start really looking into what's in a potato besides the Hmm. insulin response for standard potato there, there's still some good nutrients in the potato. So give it a shot. Yeah. I'll check into that. Let you know. All right, Rick. I guess I'll talk to you again next week then. Sure. Take care. You too. Thanks. Next time on the 40 plus fitness podcast, we meet Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson and discuss her book, Resume, the powerful reframe to end the crash and burn cycle of food addiction. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.